The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of hockey. Hi, I'm Carolyn. And I'm Marin. And this is Deep in the Heart of Hockey, a podcast about the Dallas Stars, fancy stats, and general shenanigans. And today we're doing it sober. <laughs> That's what she said? I mean, I'm <laughs> doing it sober? Uh, I will have you know that I do our podcast sober more often than not. See, sometimes I've got like a nice chill afternoon beer with me. I mean, I'm not like I, like wasty face. I just have like a, a tasty beverage. No, I mean I get it. I get it. I'm just saying like more than more than half the time I'm just my tasty beverage is water because I don't. I I remember to drink enough water during the week because I'm at at work and I have like my work you know water cup or whatever and I just fill it all the time. But like. On the weekends, man, I can go, like, four hours playing a video game and not, like, blink. So I'm definitely not taking sips of water. So, yeah. uh, it is March 11th, and this is our 68th podcast! 68th podcast! Woo! We haven't gotten a podcast since uh, the trade, po- like, right before the trade deadline. So we were making predictions, none of which came true. Not at all. Not at all. I um, feel like we should be not so much in the prediction business. Uh, but how are we feeling? How are we feeling about Dallas? Because I know we were pretty disappointed last time we talked. Uh, we, what were we disappointed in last time we talked? I don't remember. We were, literally, it was just like, they're not going to win in the playoffs if they keep playing like this. It's like, this is not playoff hockey. Um, I mean, I'm feeling better because of the way that we beat the Ducks. Mm -hmm. Um, but I will say... That I mean, I'm not disappointed we stood pat at trade deadline because I feel like too many teams were asking for too much for the players that Dallas would have found useful. Mm-hmm. And I would rather not hurt our team in the long run just for a short-term gain. That said, I don't think that anybody that would have been like literally life-changing was actually available for the Stars. Um, yeah. So, I, I, I'm fine. I'm fine with what we did, which was nothing. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I would have rather not done anything than have paid too much for somebody who wouldn't have been effective. Ex- yeah, I'm. I'm kind of in the same boat. I think for me, the biggest thing was like, I had two people that I thought would be really helpful to the team, and if we weren't going to get them, I would rather get no one. Yeah, like if we weren't going to get Pacioretty or we weren't going to get Zuccarello, then what was the fucking point? Right. Precisely. And so I actually think that like. Uh, but then we went and scored two power play goals on on what night was that? Was that Friday night? Thursday night? I don't remember what night it was. Whatever. We scored two power play goals, and I was like, all right, maybe we're right on the power play now. Who knows? Maybe they finally remembered how to score when they've got a man advantage. You know, we can only hope. We can only hope. I mean, I think the thing is the power play. Now, now I'm having a problem. What day was that? <laughs> I recap. I don't know. Which game was it? Uh, it was one against Anaheim. Was that Friday? Oh, that, yeah, that was the ninth. That was the night. Okay. Okay. So I've been really, really remiss. Like, I like putting out those, like, monthly charts of, like, how the team is trying to do overall, like, up and down or whatever. And I've been really, like, so caught up in, in writing that I haven't done any hockey analytics work really recently. So I just went ahead and pulled up on Corsica um, the day by days. Uh, and so uh, I was going to say, if the, the but Sean Tierney, who does uh, at Charting Hockey, on Twitter has been doing a really good job of like getting those kinds of graphs updated very quick, very frequently. And um, 
you can tell like just how bad the stars were in shot share in February because they like went way down on the charts. It's like, it's crazy. It was not good from a shot perspective. But then against Anaheim, it was really good. So I don't know. I'll take that. Like Anaheim was the first game. So in March, that was over 55% Corsi Corsi 4 to 5 on 5. Um, they had the game on the March 1st. I don't remember who that was against. That was at 53. Um, but from February 1st, it's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 games total out of 17 that they were over 50% in Corsi at 5 on 5. And so it just kind of shows that like teams are learning how to beat them. And... They really need to kind of pick it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now, if from an XG perspective, which is, like I said, a little more, or like you should know by now if you've listened to our podcast enough, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten out of those 17 were over 50%. So they were still at least getting the better quality shots um, more often, but... It's not nearly the dominance that we saw through, like, January. So, I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully this Anaheim game turns things around a little bit. I mean, one can only hope. I know they're on a really long road trip, so we'll see how this goes. I think they're in Montreal. Yeah. 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 Hopefully the Benz get some hangout time. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. How do you forget? I, I don't know. I just don't think about it often. Uh, well, I mean, like, I say that, and then I was I was reading something. Oh, I was reading something on a, on Tumblr where it was like, uh, Ben assists from Ben, and and somebody was like, how did he assist his own goal? It's like, <laughs> have y'all never heard of Jordy Ben? <laughs> no, they haven't. They haven't heard of Jordy Ben. Apparently not. Well, uh, I had a lot of feelings. Like, I was, it came out on, like, on trade deadline day that, like, the Penguins were take were looking at Jordy Ben to add. Oh my god! And I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, I kind of like having the Penguins in my little like. I don't actually care about them. Space like it's cool. Like I don't hate them, and I, we've talked about this before. But like, I don't want to be emotionally invested in any other teams. Like I really don't. It's Are you emotionally much. invested in the Canadians? No, I'm emotionally invested in Jordy Ben's welfare. Oh, okay. And so, like, I don't know. Well, how would he? How would it make a difference if he was on the Pens and being on the Canadians? Because the Penguins aren't a joke. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. So it'd be like when, um, when our poor little um, major general, yeah, yeah, went to the Ducks. Okay. Yeah, I mean that, that was a I lot like more. The penguins better than I like. Oh I mean, like, God, yes! If we're talking waterfowl, like... obviously, right? <laughs> right? Obviously, yeah. yeah. Obviously, so I guess like besides their like very average hockey recently, the only other big thing that's happened in Starsland is Martin Hansel is out for the season. Yeah, getting his spine fused. Unfused, I think. Unfused. Whatever is happening, there's something going on with a spine and fusion, which I don't really know a lot about spine injuries, but that doesn't sound fun. 
I don't know about really any injuries, but generally fusion is a bad word when bones are involved. Right. Like... No, he's undergoing spinal fusion surgery. Right, but I think that means that it takes the bones apart. I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means. I think that's the thing they do. I don't know what it means. Uh, Well, now I'm looking it up. Give me just a second. Because, like, if there's a problem with your back, they fuse it together. They Yeah, they're welding it. They're welding it. Yeah. Like, they don't, your bones don't grow together accidentally, and then they have to take them apart. No, they're fusing them together because there's a problem with his spinal cord. Oh, that sounds awful. Yeah. They fuse together the painful vertebrae so they heal into a single solid bone. See, I thought it was one of those things where it's like, there was no cartilage left, so they were, the bones were rubbing against each other and creating pain? Oh, no, I don't think... I mean, there is there is cartilage in your spine. Yeah. So there wasn't, but like, I don't think that that's as that's the issue in the spine. It's so much in the spine, it, as like your spine, your uh, spinal cord, kind of like getting fucked up by the way that your um, vertebrae move apart from each other. So um, the spinal fusion is to stop the motion of the of the vertebra that are getting fucked up and out of alignment. Well, good. I mean, I hope it's successful. I mean, that sounds awful. I mean, one would hope that doing this uh, will lead to, you know, good things in the future for him. I mean, whatever. Like, I I really hope that nobody should be in pain. Like, that sucks. So, like, hopefully, yeah, this... Yeah. Whatever's wrong with that dude. I think my Who's there, bones made of cheese? I think my there's so there are so many people who are like, well well, so first and foremost, he only played thirty eight games this year. So I just want to throw that one out there that we kinda called it. Mm-hmm. Weird. But some people are very much like, well, well, he may never play again. He may never play again. At which point I'm just like, okay, but that's fine. Like better to him to have like a good life. I know, yeah, I'm just like, uh, that. that's cool, I mean, not cool, but like, if he's, if he's playing in a lot of pain and having to like get a shit ton of injections to mask the pain, he's not actually getting better, and he could be getting worse, he's just masking the symptoms, and that's not good for anybody, so like, if he wants to be able to fucking walk when he's done with hockey, he should go ahead and have the surgery and then see if he can play after. Right, and it's not like he's 22 either. This is definitely, like, the twilight of his career regardless. So, like, there are worse ways to go out than, like, trying your hardest to be the best player you can be for your team and not being able to do so because you have a major injury. I don't know. He's, like, 30-something. He is 31. So I noticed that later on we had a question about him do you want to answer that now while we're already talking about him we had one later i put one in right here Uh, Uh, there was another one uh among jen's questions oh sure yeah we can do that too um so first question i guess would be let's go with jen's question first jen friend of the podcast jen uh are the games hansel actually played worth having signed him i don't i don't know what what do you know about it I, I would say no. I mean, I was against. I was really... my, my gut instinct was no, but I haven't looked at. I haven't looked at a stat for him in a long time because he literally hasn't actually played a game that I've recapped. Right. So. 
Like, well, so my thing about it is more so, like, I didn't really want him on the team in the first place, and I thought it was an overpayment in the first place, and, like, his injury doesn't change either of those things. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for me, I don't think... So, like, you're saying that it doesn't really matter whether or not he got injured, whatever, like, none of it was worth it anyway? Yeah, like, he has... So I'm, I just pulled up his chart on Hockey Viz, because I had a whole bunch of charts open, and while he did actually have quite defensive usage, his shot shares were all, like, just straight-up shots, not, like, XG, were are bad. Overall, just bad. Mm-hmm. He had no real consistent line mates. Um, Has anybody really had consistent line mates? And he total, total, total points he has is 10. Yeah, I'm not making In 38 him. games. I, I, I mean, so assigning... So if we talk about 10 and 38 games... If we assumed, let's see, 10 points in 38 games, that's, and if we, like, if we pretended like he was going to play a whole season, that'd still only be 21 points. Yeah, not 22 points. So, like, that's, and that's if he played an entire season. Like, we're not even saying, okay, he played 38 games out of how many games, what's that, 60, 60-ish games? So, he actually, so there's 22 games ahead of, uh, Clear that. 0.26 times 22. So in total, he would actually probably have closer to 15 or 16 points if he played the rest of the season. Which, I mean, I never say no to points, but we can get them somewhere else. Yeah. Like, it's not... I don't, His signing... Regardless of, of injury, it was not, not a good one. And I think... The injury does honestly give us a few more options mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as cap skates goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he doesn't return to the team, he's just going to be on basically on LTIR until his contract runs out. And uh, now mm-hmm. if he retires, like officially, that could um, screw some things up. But his contract isn't big enough to not be manageable on a retirement basis. Like... Um, uh, like how? Who is that? Who's not allowed? To, who wasn't allowed to retire for the longest time? Uh, Mike Richards, because his mm. contract was so big, and that's why that's part of why his whole situation got so fucked up. Is his contract was so big that if he officially retired from the team, it would fuck the Kings. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they basically still and they still wiggled out of part of that because of uh, how they tried to buy him out or whatever, or ended up. I don't remember exactly what it was. Oh, they tried to terminate his contract because of, like, breach of contract or whatever. Yeah, they terminated his contract because they said he had substance abuse problems. But then they had to... But then they lost their suit, basically, versus the NHL and have to pay out, uh, like, uh, for the next 30 years (laughs) cap on it. But the whole point was because they couldn't have him retire. That's the whole reason they tried to terminate that contract. Whereas yeah. if Martin Hansel retired, we'd still be on the hook, but we'd only still be on the hook for two years. Unlike Mike Richards, whose contract was a billion years long. I mean, um, it was a poor choice. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, so... Martin Hansel... Worth... I mean, he was worth signing in the first place, I guess. It's like just the long and short of it. Yeah, the main thesis of all of your comments right there was that we should never have signed him <laughs> in the first place. I think we all saw this coming, except for Jim Neal. I, 
it boggles my mind that Jim Nill would not have seen this coming. So I have to believe that he saw it coming. He just didn't have a shit ton of other options. Maybe. I mean, that is definitely, like, a thing that could have happened. Or, like, he saw it coming, but he didn't think it would be this bad. Yeah, maybe. And it was funny because, like, we said the same thing about Ben Bishop and injury risk, too, actually. Mm -hmm. And, in fact, um, I made a bet with Nick Mercadante that he wouldn't play 40 games. Like, Nick was like, he's not going to even play 40 games this season. And I was like, he's going to play at least 50 games this season. And he's played at least 50 games. Good job. Um... Or rather, he hasn't played. He's, like, seen. He's been alive for 50 games. Uh, But, like, I don't know. Like, it was one of those things where it's, like, I I don't know. I don't know. There were so many people who were, like, willing to be, like, oh, no, it won't be a problem. It won't be a problem. And I'm just, like, okay. You must be young because you don't understand how age works. (laughs) Yeah. Your hips don't get better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they just keep getting worse. Exactly. I'm feeling that now. Like, I'm trying to, like, be healthy and exercise and stuff. And, like, oh, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you remember when I first moved into my condo and had to be on crutches because I suddenly discovered that I fucking had arthritis? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the fucking worst. I mean, it wasn't actually the worst because then that meant that I couldn't move in. So, like, all of my family had to move shit for me. So, that actually <laughs> ended up working out pretty well for me. But, I mean, I would still rather have useful knees. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't get old, kids. Don't get old. It's a trap. <laughs> we have one more Hansel question. Uh, Riley Miner asks, what are Martin Hansel's bones made of? Swiss cheese, apparently. Yeah, I mean, the traditional is glass, but I feel like there's definitely, like, I feel like it's like, you know how, like, Wolverine, like, they found him and they dipped him in adamantium, and they're like, oh, this is such a cool experiment. I feel like they found Martin Hansel, and they were like, okay, we're gonna do the same, but, like, the reverse. Wait, so you're saying that he had adamantium bones at one point? No, I'm saying they were like, they were like, okay, we're gonna try and make this guy's bones indestructible. And then they're like, okay, now we're going to try and make the most destructible bone we can have with having a f- still human person. Okay. Because Wolverine's bones were already indestructible. They just gave him... I mean, Okay, like was- well, I'm not a big enough nerd, apparently, for this <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. No, but I, I get what you're saying. And basically, yes, he has brittle bones. Very brittle bones. Well, I don't know if he's got brittle bones so much as he's got just got a shitty back. And I think that's more of a spinal column thing than it is actually the vertebra. But either way, he's got himself some issues that almost make me feel better about the fact that I also have myself some issues. Because I was always like, well, it's just because your core is not strong enough. But no, that man's core is very strong. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe it's just because humans are designed really poorly. <laughs> it always comes back to God. <laughs> evolution, one of those two, you can take your pick. Like, they just, it, it doesn't really make sense the way that, like, our organs hang off of our spine while we're straight upright. It's a very poor plan. <laughs> if you were going to design a human, how would you do it? God, now that I don't know, because I feel like you should just put all the vital shit in your feet, because that makes more sense. But, I mean, really, I feel like bodies are just stupid in general, so maybe we should all just ascend into cloud beings. I mean, I'm pro-cloud being, don't get me wrong. 
it just feels like that would be a much more useful way to be. I'm now I'm just kind of like wondering what the steps are between if we're talking evolution here, what the steps are between person and cloud being. Like, what is our next form? Because we're not going to be cloud beings tomorrow, right? But like in maybe a thousand years, we could be like a step closer to cloud being. But what does that uh, look like? Well, I don't know. I mean, when it happens in Stargate, it's just, they just let go of, it's kind of, um, it's kind of Buddhist in the sense that you'd let, you have to let go of all of like, of the wheel of samsara, basically, and all of the, uh, all of the earthly shit, and like, just recognize your, um, completeness as yourself, and then you become a ball of energy. So, this mean I think what you're saying to me is that like literally in a thousand years, everybody's going to be really good at yoga. I mean that kind of goes without saying. I definitely <laughs> leave this Earth and go to a different Earth with lesser gravity, like dude. Or we have to start living on. Okay, have you, have you ever watched any of the Expanse? Because like, no, I haven't. Those people living out on the rim. Because they've been living on, like, in low G on, like, spaceships and... Spaceships? Spaceships. <laughs> spaceships with a P. Um, and shit is what I was going to say, and I just combined the two together. Uh, That's okay. We all take spaceships like, from here to down here and then. I'm just going to call them spaceships from now on, and everybody will know what I mean. Uh, they've, they've, like, evolved to be, like, really tall and spindly and shit like that, so they can't, like, go back to Earth. They basically lost Earth at this point because they can't withstand the gravity. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like it just kind of depends on where humans end up because, like, we evolved to adapt where we are. Um, and, I mean, if we, if, we have to, if we leave Earth and move out, like, we'll just adapt to whatever fucking shit we find there. Or if we fuck Earth up, we'll evolve to whatever we fucked Earth up to be. Or, when we fuck our or Earth up. <laughs> Horizon Zero Dawn it, and we'll all just fucking die. <laughs> and, you know, that'll be great. I almost spoiled the end of that game, and then I stopped myself. I was like, don't tell them just in case they're playing it. Because <laughs> I have friends that are currently playing They're not listening to this podcast, but it occurred to me that this game came out within the last year, and I should not spoil it. <laughs> so I I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure the listeners appreciate that. I just, I appreciate that, like, Martin Hansel's, like, next step in evolution may, in fact, be trash person. I mean, it could be. <laughs> you just never know. Like, what, what if we, or what if there's some sort of interruption in our evolution by outside forces? I'm not saying it's aliens, but it's aliens. <laughs> I could riff on this all day long, so we should probably move on. <laughs> you know what's one thing that we understand less than our evolutionary path? What? Goaltender interference. Oh, that was such a good segue. Oh my god. I forgot what our next thing was, and that was perfect. Uh, yeah, so um, last night, Jamie Ben was clearly watching the Stars um, no, Maple the, Leaf game. Uh, he wasn't watching uh, Penn's Leafs. That's what I said. You said oh, Stars Leafs. <laughs> didn't I? Sorry, I meant Peng- I, like I thought I had said Penguins. Apparently, I didn't. So he, he was watching the Penguins Maple Leafs game. And um, Penguins ended up losing it five to two. But back when it was three to one, the uh, 
Brian Dumoulin? Is that how you say it? Now, why am I asking you? Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I, that's how you spell it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Dumoulin. Um, he, uh, they thought that they had cut it to one um, with a uh, goal on Frederick Anderson. And instead, what happened is that they called goaltender interference on him. And this, like, I don't get this one at all. I have watched it several times, and I'm like, nope, don't get it. But Jamie Benn tweeted about it, which I thought was hysterical, um, because he tweeted, two minutes for scoring, huh? <laughs> and then put a little maple leaf and a little penguin next to it. And then Jeff, and I have no idea how to say his last name, Belay maybe, but Jeff Lerner from Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, re- like retweeted it and added something like, it makes makes sense that Jamie Benn would hate a, uh, hate a play where somebody went down. <laughs> I was like, thank you, thank you, Jeff Lerner. <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving. So, yeah, um... I continue to be baffled by goaltender interference, and it almost makes me feel better that an elite player like Jamie Benn also continues to be baffled by goaltender interference. And I feel like the only people not baffled by goaltender interference are the fucking people calling goaltender interference. But they're baffled by it, too. Like, I think there's... Yeah, no, I think that, I mean, I, there's a there's a reason goaltender interference exists, and I believe, like, I mean, I and I see why, like, I get it. But the way it's being executed is completely, like, you could flip a fucking coin, and it's the same fucking thing. Yeah, that's what I, I mean, like, yes, obviously I get why we have goaltender interference calls, because it should never be open season on goaltenders. But, like, the fact that nobody can fucking agree what is and is not goaltender interference is absolutely mind-bogglingly stupid. No, here's here's my alternate proposal, okay? Because I think there's a couple goalies who will really, really thrive in my new my proposed system. We get rid of goaltender interference. No penalties for hitting goaltenders, but no penalties when the goaltenders hit you back. <laughs> like I can see Jonathan Quick having a really good time with this. No, mm, I think he might be one of the only ones, though, because I don't feel like goaltenders want to get involved in that yeah but i want to see more goalie fights like if we're just trying to talk about how we can make the league more entertaining there's a thing i'm gonna have to disagree with you on that okay (laughs) i just like if if it's open season on goaltenders and it doesn't really matter how you i mean like because i'm just picturing like goaltenders get hurt enough as it is like i never want to okay that dude that like i mean do you remember oh, yeah. the guy that got, like, skated in the throat? Because that was fucking awful. And I never want to repeat of something like that. Like, players come at goalies too fast. And, like, it, it's funny to me when something happens, like what happened with uh, uh, Henrik Lundqvist that one time, when somebody ran into him and he just started wailing on the dude. Like, the guy, like, lost his edge going in or somebody pushed him. I can't remember how it happened. But, like, the guy ended up in... Lundqvist grill in the gold in the net and Lundqvist just like threw his gloves off and started hitting him while he was down on the ice and like I thought that was hysterical because like Lundqvist just lost his shit and to me that's always funny but like I wouldn't want that to be a norm because (laughs) like and I think about how fucking angry I got that time that the Flyers scored on us 
in overtime, or was it overtime, or was it right before it would have been overtime? Can't remember. But they scored their game-winning goal by shoving Kari Lettinen back in the net and scoring, and, like, we called, like, there was no, there was no goal, like, there was no review at that point in time, and so they called it a good goal, and it just stood, even though it was very fucking clear it was not actually a good goal. So. Okay, fine. I guess I will just savor my, like, Lundquist rage for when it happens. I, I I feel like it's better when it's something we don't get all the time. I feel like it would lose something if we got it every single game. It's like Reese's eggs and how much better they are than actual Reese's yeah, cups. Yeah, but we only get them at Easter time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, I mean, the trees are also pretty good. But we The also, trees are pretty good. Well, we only get those at Christmas. Or how Girl Scout cookies are the best <gasps> cookies in the entire world, but we only get them one month a year. That's right. Go for a shit ton of them and then save them. Put them in the freezer. Hoarding them in your room so your roommate doesn't eat them either. Goalie, goalie fights are like the Samoas they of are. life. They absolutely are the Samoas of life. I, You know, I mean, all due respect to Jamie's very excellent tweet. The best tweet of the night, however, uh, and I know we said we're never going to talk about him on the podcast again, but the best tweet of the night goes to Penny Alexiak. Because... What did, I didn't see what she posted. <gasps> it was so good. Um, so somebody was doing like, uh, so obviously they were in Toronto and Jamie Lexiak is from Toronto. And so he got, you know, some couple uh, pregame interviews in, right? And somebody was like, oh yeah, my sister's going to be here. Hopefully she's cheering for my team, you know, whatever. It'd be great to see her. It's going to be great to see her. And so, she, you know, that was. On? Oh, right. He's on the Penguins. Yeah, he's on the Penguins. And so, and I mean, that was just like super normal pregame quote, right? Uh-huh. And so uh, the beat writer posted it, and then Penny Alexiak retweeted it and went, hashtag go Leafs. <laughs> she does win. I love her. She wins all the time. Yeah, so that, that, to me, that was the best tweet of the night for sure. Yeah. Yep, she wins. So I think the stars, like I said, have been pretty, aside from the Martin Hansel, I guess everybody saw it coming, injury news, uh, the stars have been pretty boring, but the league has actually been kind of crazy. Carolina, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, um, for those who don't, hadn't been kind of following the backstories, they just got purchased by a new owner, um, Tom Dundon, I think is how you say his last name, but obviously don't quote me. D U N D O N. Yeah, never called Carolyn on how you say a name. <laughs> so I'm just going to throw it out there and see if it sticks. So he purchased them a couple weeks back, and, you know, he's obviously been talking a lot about how, you know, the changes he wants to make, and, like, he wants to do a lot of stuff as far as fan engagement and stuff like that. And I've been kind of, like, watching this unfold and seeing it, like, behind, you know, just nodding along like a lot of what he's been saying is like the kind of the normal stuff you hear from owners but he did have some really interesting ideas about fan interaction which i thought was a great idea um and so i was kind of on board there but then just the other day they fired ron francis who had been the gm of the carolina hurricanes for the last couple of years and um no one really knows why and so the rumor is that he want, Dundon wants to be a lot more hands-on, like Mark Cuban is for the Mavs, because they are good friends. And uh, there, we definitely know for sure, like he has said explicitly, that the new GM is going to report directly to him. So Ron, Ron Francis didn't get fired. He got moved to president of hockey operations or whatever. 
but he's not actually going to have a hand in any of the day-to-day operations from a hockey perspective. So it's really just one of those things where, like, they're trying to promote him out of harm's way. Hmm. And I don't know. I'm I'm so skeptical of this move. I'm so skeptical of this move because it's certain. I am always skeptical when owners want that close of a hand on things. Always skeptical of that. Always skeptical of that. And people are like, well, he didn't say that. That's a rumor coming out of whatever source. And I'm like, yeah, but also... I mean... a rich white dude who purchased a team to have fun. Like, because that's why you buy a team. You don't buy a team because you think it's a sound financial investment. Because it's not. really not. It's really not. You buy a team for the prestige, for the ability to hang out with athletes and to, you know, show it off to your friends. If you're that rich, that's what you do. And like... I don't know. I'm I'm so so skeptical of this move, and it's not that I think that Ron Francis was perfect. Like he was, he's very good GM. I think um, he made a lot of very good moves that were supported analytically, and um, never tried to mortgage the future of the Hurricanes, which I think is again a big thing for GMs. I think my biggest thing is that he never really made the move that would make a difference from them for a playoff perspective. Like he drafted well and I guess they're waiting for some of those people to come up, but like he doesn't have, he's never made the Tyler Sagan trade, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, knowing that Taylor Hall for Adam Larson happened, like it, it could have probably happened. Like it, there were, there were pieces out there even adding Jordan Eberle or anything like that. Like, there are pieces out there that he could have gone out and gotten to supplement some of the goal scoring because as great as Jeff Skinner is, you know, it's not like he's getting any younger, even though he looks like he hasn't aged. Yeah, he is not at all. No, he's not a a baby anymore. He's not a baby anymore. And it's like, so I I can understand, like, the frustration with Francis and, like, if you're a new owner and you want to, like, you want to make a splash and stuff like that. But the, what really, really concerns me about the whole timing is the timing of this. Like, they didn't fire him before the trade deadline, and they, but they fired him right after. Mm-hmm. And the Canes aren't out of, like, the playoff picture. They're only, like, four points out of a playoff spot. Actually, let me double check that. That's when I looked when he got fired. They were, like, four points out of a playoff spot. Okay, Carolina has... Okay, currently there's six points out of a playoff spot. So, I mean, it's not great, but it's certainly not not doable. You know what I mean? And they have a game in hand on both Columbus and New Jersey. So... They could do it. Even, you know, with, with the team they have now. I don't know. It just strikes me as a really, really weird... Really weird firing and so I'm very very skeptical that the the hiring will go well because it feels like it might end up being like a Jim Benning situation yeah no I agree I haven't really seen too much about it um except that like I saw the hurricanes tweeting something about like if you're wanting to apply to be our next GM send your resume <laughs> or something that was using that was good. That was really good. But, like, I also haven't been following the story in the slightest. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think there's just... Most of the time, it's just enough for me to keep up with the stars. Yeah. Exactly. I think... I think So, I think that's a team to watch. Like, I, it could go... It could go really, really well. But I, ha- I know some people who have 
uh, met Dundon and not been particularly impressed with him as uh, from a character standpoint. Mm. And apparently he made his fortune in subprime car loans. Oh my god! Awesome! Good luck, Carolina. So, I don't know. We will see. We will see. I suppose we will. So, the other thing I wanted to talk about today is some of the other shenanigans going on, and not in the NHL, but in women's hockey. And I'm assuming we have moved on to... I mean, unless you had something else you wanted no, to say about No, no. I, <laughs> I, I have been, been paying the barest attention to what's going on in women's hockey, so why don't you catch us up? Okay. Um, so, I mean... I mean, I know what's going on with Hillary Knight, because I could not sign on to Twitter without finding out about that, but... <laughs> well, I mean, that kind of kicked off, like, the latest round of shenanigans. So, the first and foremost, Hillary Knight signed with the Montreal Canadiens um, of the CWHL, and I think... Um, that just basically kicked up another round of fervor, um, mostly coming out of Canada, obviously, of saying, oh, the CWHL is obviously the better league and whatever, whatever, whatever. Which is just like, they've got like five games left, if that. <laughs> you yeah. know? It's like, okay, cool. I mean, maybe she has friends or family in Montreal and wants to hang out with them for a fucking month. You know what I mean? Like, she's going to be there for a month. Yeah. That's all it is. And somebody else was like, well, Alex Carpenter signed with the CWHL as well. And I'm like, her fucking dad coaches for them. Like, use your critical thinking skills, first and foremost. But... Ireland will not have any of your shenanigans. <laughs> I only like fun shenanigans. I don't like shenanigans that attempt to pit these two leagues against each other in terms of quality. And But this did whole thing. Not only did it kick off that whole mess but it also kicked off um actually a pretty spectacular rant um from cassie campbell who you may have heard of uh she does a lot of flames commentary i think she works for sports no i think she works for tsn um but obviously former gold medalist with team canada um i mean very very involved in the women's hockey world um, as well. And um, it was basically like a giant rant about how the NWHL and CWHL need to get this figure this fucking shit out about a merger. Like they just need to get into a room and figure their shit out. And I think that's, I think she's not wrong anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the situation is quite a bit more complex than people realize. Um, but at this point in time, now that the CWHL has basically been forced to pay their players because of the Chinese involvement, there, there's the fundamental difference between the two leagues was that the CWHL didn't pay their players and the NWHL did. It, did. Now, part of the reason the CWHL didn't pay their players is that they are considered a not-for-profit organization. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think a lot of the complexity that people miss is. Whereas the NWHL is obviously a league, it's a business set up like a business. And they have investors and all of that. And I think there are definitely people who miss that kind of, like, they're, not only would that be difficult to merge the two from that perspective, but also then you're talking about cross-country, crossing country borders, so that's difficult. But, I mean, I don't think Cassie Campbell's wrong here, I just think... I think the situation is a little more complex than that, but I do think it is something that should be 
needs to happen probably sooner than later because I think you'd get a better quality product too. Like you'd get more games, you'd get more competition, you'd get, and I don't know if a parody is necessarily the best thing ever, but you would get like the Canadians playing the best team, the Riveters this year or the Buttes this year or whatever. And I think you'd get a lot of really, really good games out of it. Whereas by having, you know, such a big silo between the two, where really the, the fans are getting, you know, shortchanged. Right. So anyway, I'll post a link to that that rant because it is pretty epic, and I went off about it a little bit on my Twitter. But I think the other, I think, I think having a merged league would be amazing. I mean, if you're talking about getting the best quality product, it makes sense that you would want to ha- like not split up the best players. So. Mm-hmm. If you, if you concentrate them all in one league, it just makes sense that that would be better for everybody involved. For sure. Okie dokie. Anyway, that's all I had. I just wanted to, t- to, to touch on it because I think it's important. Yeah. Uh, didn't we have a CWHL or an NWHL question later? We do. Because uh, we've already talked about um, another gen question. <laughs> sure. Uh, I'll ask you. I'll ask go you. for it. Oh my god, Hillary Knight signed with LeFabs and is wearing Julie Chu's old number, How to Handle These Feelings. I handle these feelings like I handle every other feeling, with a stiff drink. I was about to say, by getting massively <laughs> drunk and not thinking about it, like, yeah. yeah. No, I'm extremely happy. I know how her. you handle these feelings. <laughs> what? What'd you say? I said, no, I'm extremely happy for Hillary. I just I mean, who that. isn't? Like, come on. Yeah, and I mean, it's a fantastic team. She'll have a great time. Like, it's going to be awesome. Um, means that I'll have more more playoff hockey to watch. So I'll, I'm happy for that. Cool. Uh, other things that make you happy. Why don't we talk about happy things? Uh, okay, let's do it. Do you want me to go what first? Your... Can I go first? Yes. Okay, yes. I'll go first. Uh, so I, um, didn't actually prepare one, but, (laughs) okay, so I'll, I've already told this story on, on Twitter, so I'll couple it with a review of, um, the, a Wrinkle in Time movie, but, um, so, at my workplace, uh, we do these, uh, kudos coins that you get they say that they have like my work logo on them and stuff and they're these little wooden coins and you're given them if you do a good job on a project or if you go above and beyond or you're really helpful to your teammates and stuff like that and so you collect them and there's four stages of prizes if you have five you get you know something if you get 10 you get something 15 you get something or 20 you get something and like five is you get an hour of PTO or you know something else or like there's four prizes for each level and uh, mm-hmm. by the time you get to 20, 20 coins um, you can get a full day of PTO or like company swag or you can pick an executive in the company and receive a special mystery grab bag kind of prize mm-hmm. and I um, got to 20 coins I've actually, I actually got to 30 coins but I really held off for a long time because I was trying to decide if I wanted to do the PTO or if I wanted to you know choose the mystery grab bag mm-hmm. um, but finally decided to do the mystery grab bag for several reasons the first reason is that nobody ever has 
in the two years that we've been doing this system of these kudos coins, literally no one has turned it in for a prize. And so I was like, I feel like at this point, they'd be like, so excited that somebody (laughs) that they would go above and beyond with the prize. Um, And I really, I already, I've been working there for five years and you get extra days when you work there for a while. So like, I didn't really need the extra PTO. So I was kind of like, you know what? I I can, I can get, I can give up the, the idea of having the PTO for the uncertainty of this being a really excellent prize. So um, I go, I go to my, I go to my direct supervisor who is a VP in the, in the, in the company, and I say, hey, you know, I've collected these twenty coins, and I'd like to turn it in for uh, one of the CEO prize or one of the exec prizes. And she looks at me, and she got like this unholy glee in her eyes, and she was just like, nobody has done that. And I was like, I know, that's why I'm doing it. And she was like, I can't wait to see what this is. So she gets up and she walks over to the exec offices with me, and you know, we tell them, hey, you know, she's she's got twenty coins, she wants to turn it in for one of the prizes. And the CEO looks at the COO and is like, do we know what they are? (laughs) (laughs) Nobody did. So they were like, okay, well, uh, why don't you go back to your desk and we'll let you know in just a minute. (laughs) So I go back to my desk. At some point, my vice president comes up to me and she's like, "Uh, so I know you're a big reader. You already have a Kindle, right? And I was like, yes, I already have a Kindle. And so she goes, okay, well, we'll we'll go back. And so she went back into the office. And then uh, maybe 20 minutes later, I get a phone call from the COO. And she says, "Um, so what are you doing on Friday the 23rd? And I was like, you mean like? during work or after work and she was like after work and I said well you know I've got a I've got a thing that night uh, and so she's like all right so I'll call you back so she hangs up and then she calls <laughs> me back again and she was like what about Sunday March 25th and I was I looked at my calendar and there was nothing on that day so I was like oh that's fine and she goes so if we were like mm, you drive up to Dallas and then you work out of our Fort Worth office on Monday and then you come back on Monday. You'd be okay with that? And I was like, okay, now I know what's going on. Yes, I'm fine with that. Because uh, I looked at the I looked at the Dallas Star schedule and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> 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 full news on both of those nights. Uh, so yeah, then they called me in there like, we not only got you tickets, they got me like fourth row tickets. Holy so, shit! I know, I know. And when you like factor out what I make in a day versus how much they're spending on this now, it's like twice as much. That's awesome. I know. I fucking know. So yeah, I got. I'm getting. Um, they got me two fourth row seats. I'm taking one of my coworkers with me. My my really good friend Anna. And um, we are going to go to the game. And then they got us a hotel room. Oh my god! On Fort Worth. And then we'll go into the Fort Worth office on Monday and work out of there before, like, you know, taking a leisurely drive home that afternoon. That's so awesome. We won't even be working a full day on Monday because they don't, they, our, our drive time counts as work time. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. So, so this is going to be like, first of all, it's like a, uh, it's like a prize for me and a prize for Anna. And uh, it's just going to be awesome. It's going to be really, a whole lot of fun. So, yeah. Um, I will Who are be the a- stars playing? Uh, they're playing the Canucks, so I also get to see Sam Gagne. Oh, my God. Double prize. I know, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, they're playing the Canucks tonight. So, yeah. I will be awesome. my boys and Sam Gagne. 
so I'm just going to be it's it's going to be great. It's going to be a great day. Um, the other thing, my other happy thing, because most people already knew that story, is that uh, I saw A Wrinkle in Time twice so far. I saw it yesterday and today. And um, while I, there are things about it that are not perfect, like just technically I think some of the special effects could have been better, like things like that. It was a truly beautiful movie. I cried both times I saw it, and I am very thankful that it exists in this world. Yay! Yeah, I, it, it's it's awesome. I loved it. It's beautiful. I just there. I I won't go out and say it's a perfect movie because I don't think it is. I, I mean, like like I said, there are just some things about it I would change. But like as far as what the story is about and how the story is put together and how it is acted and how like you know what it what it represents and what it means for this world, like it's it's beautiful. That that's what's perfect about it is what it means. So mm-hmm. I love it. I loved it. It was great. Um. So my happy thing uh, is something that everybody already knows about anyway. It also is. So I went to Van Hack last weekend, and that was pretty much amazing. Um. I mostly went like obviously I wasn't going to present, right? Um. But I went you know mostly just to hang out with my friends that I hadn't seen in years because I was super duper broke last year, and um. It was awesome. I got to hang out with um, Mike Fail, uh, Micah, uh, Josh Weishbach. I mean, pretty much everybody from the hockey analytics scene. Um, and so that was really, really awesome. Got to see some really cool presentations. Um, I thought Josh uh, did a great job putting together a very, very good mix of people. Like, there were actually two 18-year-olds who presented. Okay. I was like, what the fuck? I would never do this at 18. No. Um, but they literally had a... a um, a very concerted effort to make sure that he had a very diverse um, set of speakers. So it wasn't just like a parade of white dudes. There were, um, I think it was something like 50% women, close to 50%. Um, and there were definitely, you know, people of color, women of color. I mean, it was it was a really well done uh, uh, conference from that aspect. And then the first room that we were at, at, um, oh, I don't fucking, SFU, um, was gorgeous. And I don't know if you saw pictures, but everybody was like, I didn't realize like it was the UN Council of Hockey Analytics. <laughs> it was like, this beautiful <laughs> room and everybody was sitting in a circle and like, it was awesome. And of course, Micah, when he was giving his presentation, um, climbed over the barrier into the center of the room so that everybody could see him from every angle. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. Not at all. Um, so I guess I'm just going to go ahead and answer Jen's third question. <laughs> just get these all done. Yeah. Um, so it was my favorite Van Hack presentation. Oh, gosh. There were a lot of really good ones. I think um, – so there were a couple that were actually – there was one that was not stats-based at all, and it was about, like, in defense of narratives. Um, and I thought that was a really, really interesting, good presentation. Um, and then there was one on day two, which apparently we do have video of that I didn't know about. It wasn't streamed, but it was filmed. So it's out there. Um, is was um, a, a, one of the main points that actually Michael Shuckers had made in his very in his keynote speech to kick off the whole thick conference was like if you had if he had a, a an analytics team he would put half of them on draft analysis. And so on the second day there was actually a really really interesting presentation uh, by a woman I think getting her master's at SFU or something. I can't remember if she was an under... I think she was a grad student, though. And um, what she had done, and to be very, very honest, I only have a 
most rudimentary grasp on anything she said. Um, but she had done this thing called, um, I think they were called learning trees. And basically what it did is it divided up prospects, like based on certain categories that obviously had mathematical principles behind it. And then like grouped them into certain ways. And then like, then based on the group that they were in predicted out how kind, like what kinds of games they would actually play in the NHL, like the number of, um, and like tried to identify people who were overvalued and undervalued. And I thought that was a really, really interesting approach to the problem. Um, I would really love to see somebody like take something like that and then try and make it predictive. So I thought that was one of the more interesting presentations um, to answer that question. But no, I had a fantastic time at VanHack and I love Vancouver and I ate ramen twice. <laughs> like I was raised twice in two days and then some poutine. <laughs> nice. Wow, and delicious. I actually had a beer, lots of it, uh, called Trash Panda. Nice. And that was my favorite beer for the trip. That is an excellently named beer. It's an excellently named beer. Okay, we should go into reader questions, because it is almost an hour on the phone already. Yeah, and I've got shit to do. Me too. I'll go ahead and kick it off. Okay. Steph asks, why can't anyone score without help from Ben Sagan or Radulov? I don't think that that's true, that nobody scores without Ben Sagan or Radulov. But, um... I, I don't know if... What? I mean, I don't know if it's entirely true, but, I mean, I think the other thing is that, like, top lines score more than bottom lines. Right. Top lines score more than bottom lines. I don't think it's true that they're only scoring with Ben Sagan and Radulov, but I also am really tired of Hitch breaking up that line to try to generate more scoring on other lines. I, like, I just want that line to be super together. It is the super line, and let them be fucking super and stop breaking them up and putting everybody in other places. Mm -hmm. Um... Because we, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, think, I think my thing is that, like, part of it is that, so Ben, part of the why he puts them together, like, so Micah's talk at Van Hack was actually called um, Threat, and it was a lot of math, a lot, a lot of math. Um, figure. It, the well, literally in his words, the most math he's ever done for hockey analytics. Um, but... In part of it is like he was attempting at first he was going to try and put in quality of competition and then realize that was a whole separate piece. But in these conversations we were having, because I was talking to him a little bit about Klingberg and, and usage and stuff like that, Ben and Sagan and uh, to a lesser extent Radulov, who has spent less time with those two, um, they absolutely go face the hardest competition of any forward on the stars mm -hmm. whatsoever. So I think part of why they break them up is to get one of the two against lesser competition. But they don't seem to have as good a results by them, or like broken up as they do when they're together. Oh, I don't disagree. I don't so, disagree. I mean, and... But that's what I'm saying. Like, what's the point of breaking them up if they're not as effective with other people? Right. Now, I mean, I agree. I'm, I'm with you. Like, I think we should just do it. Yeah. Um, but I think, but I think part of that means that, why can't anybody score without them is like first and foremost well then you've got somebody who's a really really good scorer playing slightly lesser competition with somebody else who's going to get the benefit of that and i think that might be factoring into it a little bit but i don't think that i don't like the i don't like them being split up either it doesn't make sense to me no uh, i don't like it you want to ask the next question? Sure. 
Sorry, I'm getting text messages. <laughs> I'm going to get a pedicure after this, and I just got a text message from the friend I'm going with that's like, is it cool if my boyfriend comes too? I already invited him. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I guess it's cool. <laughs> okay. You should, Sorry, you no. should be like, you should just be like, but only if I get to pick his color. Oh, no, he actually would have no problem with that. The last time he went in, he got sparkly blue nails. Well, I'm not saying to make it, like, make him feel embarrassed. I'm saying that you get control of the color. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, he would have no problem with that. I don't really, yeah. Anyway. Okay, sorry, I was trying to figure out where we were. Uh, Billy asks, which defenseman would you take out for Honka to play, and what would your second line look like in the playoffs, including anyone in the lower leagues, if you would like? I'd take out Mark Mathot. Yeah? Yeah, it's just not good. It's, it's He's bleeding shots against. Bleeding shots against. And especially the last two games where he's had to play with Klingberg. Because remember, I remember, I don't remember who I was talking to about this, if it was you on the podcast or if it was somebody at Van Hack. But it was like, Mark Mathot on the third pair is less of a liability than Mark Mathot on the top pair, with, like he was in Ottawa. And you're basically mitigating his effect, like the, the shots against effect, by putting him on the third pair where he gets fewer minutes. But with, when Asa Lindell was out because of his, uh, it, I guess he had a, some sort of minor injury, he got put with Klingberg, and that was fucking awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From a shots against perspective. So I think I would take out Mathot and let him be the seventh defenseman. I mean, there's, there are far worse seventh defensemen you could have than Mark Mathot, mm-hmm. and I think that's, that's how I would, I would look at it. Um, but I think Honka did a much better job of driving play forward. All of his shots have been shot shares have been positive pretty much especially playing saw this on twitter what do you think of honk on the power play because i don't think he's being used there right now um i would be interested in seeing more of it but i don't think yeah i think we haven't really had a good we haven't at all no sample not been playing him on the power play at all that's why that's why somebody was asking about it yeah, no, I think it'd be I think it'd be good to see. I mean, he he played a lot of power play time with the Texas Stars, so I don't see why he wouldn't be the the quarterback for the second unit. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be a really good fit actually. <laughs> okay, so apparently I am allowed to pick uh <clears throat> his color. Yes. What color are you going to pick? I don't know. Now we've got to think about it. Should get like a stars green. He has bright orange right now just to let you know. That's what she okay, just told me. And then not that. Yeah. Um, this is Toes's, right? Toes, I yeah. Assume. I mean, I'm always a fan of purple. Me too. Always. Maybe like a metallic purple. Mm, I like it. I like it a lot. Okay. Yes. Cool. I'm glad that we came to this conclusion. I, I'm glad it didn't take that long because I feel like <laughs> if I had gotten there and I hadn't thought about it beforehand, I would sit there deliberating forever. Um, oh, that's what always happens yeah. in a pedicure place. I know. Now I need to figure out um, what I want to do on my own toes. Oh, no. I I hadn't thought about it, really. I currently have a pale pink that I'm kind of really glad to get rid of. But anyway, let's talk about something else. <laughs> um, <laughs> second line in the playoffs, I think. I would go back to Janmark Spezza, and I think I was looking at it earlier. They did okay with Ellie. Um, uh-huh. So I think I'd probably go that route. I know yeah. Ellie usually plays on the left, but I think he'd be fine on the right. So, yeah, I, I Ellie has been one of those that I've been interested in this year because I know that he was a crowd favorite down in the in Cedar Park, but I haven't really. When I've watched the games, I haven't really 
I haven't really noticed him one way or the other. You know, like I haven't seen any boneheaded mm-hmm. mistakes from him. I also think that I've seen it been. Uh, I'm I'm more like, oh, Jamel Smith. Thank God he's playing. He's so great. You know, those kinds of things. I don't think I've really noticed Remy Ellie, but like, I'm happy that he like stats wise has been doing good on that line. Yeah, I mean, but I think I think that's also more. I I feel like that's more probably the influence of Spetsa and Janmark, who are both shot share gods. Oh God. I- um, <laughs> so I feel like that might be part of it, but I think even if he is a little bit of a passenger, I think he has grown a lot in his game this year. Like I know at the beginning of the year, I remember being like, Oh my fucking God, Remy Ellie, like figure out where your line mates are, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, the year has gone on. Yeah. He's definitely gotten better. So I think, I think I'd be okay with that. I think that's where I would probably go with it. Sounds good. Uh, let's see. We skipped. We already asked, answered all of Jen's questions. Okay. Uh, Larry Joe asks, plus minus. I think she means like over under on how long till Tiny Murderer Eyes actually commits one. I thought a predator was about to be made an example. Um, like one a murder. Is that what we're talking about? Like in a real, actual sense of a murder, or like a hockey sense of a murder, where he just like absolutely murders someone on the ice. Because let's, let's give a time like frame for both. Okay, so actual actual murder, I'm going to say within the next, mm, 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 like, three years or so, uh, I would say a hockey murder during the playoffs. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think actual murder before he turns 25. How old is he right now? Like, 21 or 22. Okay, so, yeah, same time frame. Yeah, about the same time frame, yeah. I think that's about spot on. Uh, hockey murder. I'm surprised he hasn't made one already. I do, that's why I'm saying, like, I feel like maybe if he hasn't done it already, I feel like maybe he's saving it for when it counts. Um, and then her second question is, did you see that Jordy Ben had a fight? I don't think he's ever done that. Now, I know he has had a fight before. He has, in fact, had three NHL fights, including last night's. So, last night he fought... Cedric Paquette. Uh, earlier in November, he fought Josh Georges. And... He fought Georges? Okay. <laughs> yeah, he um, I'll tell you in a minute who won that one. Um, I'm on hockey f- fights right now because I hadn't seen the one against Cedric Paquette, but I'm going to... And Well, that's the one that happened last night. And then uh, last season, uh, he fought Eric Selleck. Um. No, that wasn't last season. It was the season before. So, I mean, he's not... He generally seems to let uh, Jamie do most of his fighting for him. (laughs) Uh, But then in the AHL, he did have three AHL fights. Um, I don't know what PRST stands for, but he had a fight in Traverse City. And then uh, he had one fight in the CHL. Um, Okay, I'm going to watch this Petquette video. Okay. He is not coming out ahead in the voting, by the way. No, he did. So he, so he was voted the winner of two of his fights, not this one against Cedric Paquette, though. Not at all. Although I will say Cedric Paquette has had very many more fights than he has. <laughs> Maybe an experience thing. 
Yeah. Although so has Josh George's, and Jane and Jordy was still voted the winner of that fight. So I think I remember seeing gifts from that fight, and Jordy Ben went like ham on it. Okay, I'm gonna watch that one while you watch it. Oh, jeez, my noise is on. Oh well, okay. No, we are all losers in this Paquette fight. Why are we all losing? Unless they start fighting again. Literally, like, he just, like, jumped on him and they went both to the ground. This isn't even a fight. He just got hit really hard when Jordy Ben sees this happen. And then they both go straight to the penalty box. And Brendan Gallagher took appreciate a good teammate jumping in and Jordy Ben, but surprises me. Yeah, like, it's like, Jordy Ben, like, jumps on him, and then they go both to the ice, and Paquette, like, hits, like, gets, like, two smacks to the head. This isn't even a fight. This is less than, like, less than a fight. Okay, so this was, the, the Georgia's one was actually a fight, and I'm kind of surprised that Jordy was voted the winner of that. Um, although, I will say that it was, like, 46% voted him the winner, and 34% voted it a draw. But okay. um, the other Georgia's got Jordy's helmet off, although Jordy did a much better job at like blocking punches than Georgia's did. But yeah, I mean, Jordy right? Ben, lover not fighter, lover not a fighter. Uh, I mean, he's done it before. I did not see the one from last night, but if you're like the one with Georgia's was definitely actually like a squaring off kind of a fight thing, but. That one, but no, don't watch the one with Paquette. It's useless. We're not nothing to write home about. Okay, well then I'm not even gonna watch it. Uh, I didn't see the fight last night, but that, you know, meh, it happens. Uh, Andrew La asks, should the stars renew Hitch? I think yes. <laughs> it was funny how long that took you. <laughs> well, I mean, my thing is that like. I was thinking about this question earlier because obviously we put all the questions in a document so we can have them on hand. And like, I don't know. They're just kind of, sure. Like, who else would they get is A, my other my other big question. is like, who else would they get? We've obviously had success this year. The defense is pretty fixed this year. So, I mean, I can't, I can't advocate for firing him unless I have a way better option for hiring, and I don't. Right. Right. So basically, yes. Yes, they should renew Hitch if Hitch wants to be renewed. Okay. Unless he pulls some shit in the playoffs, which he may do. You never know. Okay. Uh, so C asks, and I'm really excited about this one, what is your favorite Corey Perry fact? Okay, listen. Asking for my favorite Corey Perry act fact is like asking for my favorite star in the sky. I don't have a favorite. I just have... <laughs> Corey Perry facts that I appreciate a lot. Um, well, I took I took uh, the liberty of uh, searching the Por Corey Perry facts oh, that's uh, exactly Twitter hashtag. Uh, Corey Perry only gives Wakanda another twenty years. Um, I have I saw a couple in here that I really really liked. Corey Perry takes the last cup of coffee and doesn't start a new pot. Yeah, Corey Perry clips his nails at his desk. Corey Perry calls instead of texting. Which is so awful. Corey Perry enjoys listening to Nickelback after a loss. 
Uh, my favorite one is, uh, and this is in quotes, I'll have a venti quad shot, skinny, half foam, half water, stevia, and honey macchiato, no whip for Corey with an E-Y. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that one. That was so oh, good. I that. That's funny. Corey Perry thinks jorts are really stylish. Corey Perry eats his steaks well done. <gasps> Corey Perry's favorite Pixar movie is Cor- Cars oh 2. Oh my god, that's <laughs> Corey Perry thinks all water tastes the same. <laughs> Corey oh, Perry hits reply all, despite the reply being for only one person. Corey Perry says he doesn't see Ray. I was just about to say that one. <laughs> That's a good one. I feel like we should end there. That's a good yeah, one. That's good because my friend just showed up at the nail salon and I, I guess she didn't understand that I would text her when I was done. Whoops. So Whoops. I need to go. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm Carolyn. You can find me on Twitter at Classlicity. I'm Marin. You can find me on Twitter at Marinish. And you can find our official Twitter at Depart Hockey. And you can email us if you have a longer question at departhockey at gmail.com. You can find our Tumblr at departhockey.tumblr.com and our official blog at departhockey.wordpress.com. Bye. Wakanda forever.